I don't know about you guys, but the quarantine was not ideal for my eating and my physique when we first got locked down. I took it as a way to pity myself, feel bad. You know, obviously the whole world is going through this, but I took it as, hey, no, it's only me. We're all going to die. So I might as well eat cookies, Chipotle, and pizza. And then you realize, okay, we're going to make it through this. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it through. Let me not eat like an asshole forever. And luckily, I'm married to someone who constantly reminds me that I'm eating like an asshole. Won't have sex with me if I don't look my very best. That's something I need a therapist about. But also runs a pretty phenomenal nutrition company with Own Your Eating. And she's put together, that is Roz, my wife, some great challenges that you guys can check out. If you're like me, like you said, and you need a little extra accountability, you need a kick in the ass, you want to just learn a little more, you want to do something really cool at your box, at your gym, at your affiliate, you should check these out. So if you go over to SugarWad in the marketplace, we've got the Own Your Eating store in there. And there's three different challenges you can check out. If you're a box owner, I highly recommend you check out the Gym Nutrition Challenge. I think it's only like $169, something like that. And the cool thing about it is if you're a box owner, you can give this to your members as a way to just, hey, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm giving you something. You know, we appreciate that you stuck with us during your during the quarantine. We appreciate that you kept your membership active. Or you can even make money. She's had a few gyms that have done really well at $169. You get 20 people signed up at 20 bucks, you've, you've made over $200. So check out the 30-day transformation challenge for gyms. That's a specific one for box owners. And then we've got ones for individuals, the 30-day transformation challenge, as well as the 30-day get lean challenge. And, and with both of those, you're going to get programming, you're going to get daily information, daily accountability, and so much more. The transformation challenge is really for those that are either new to tracking macros and flexible eating, or maybe you've done it in the past and you want to get dialed back in like I needed. And of course, accountability goes a long way. It's something I preach as far as a coach. I have coaches for many aspects of my life. And the primary reason is I just need that account accountability. Hey, did you do what I told you to do? Hey, don't forget you said you do this, right? It's just a reminder in the back of my head when I'm about to mess up, that I got someone out there that's relying on me doing well and going to remind me about it. And then there's the 30-day get lean. This is more for the experienced people. Maybe you've tracked macros in the past. You have a good understanding of nutrition, but you're ready to take it to the next level. Maybe you've plateaued. You're ready for reverse dieting, or you just need some extra coaching out there. So you can check these all out on SugarWad. The link is in the show notes. But if you go to SugarWad, you go to the Marketplace you look up on your eating, you're going to see these options. And the cool thing is you can use the code best hour. You can use the code best hour and you'll get 10% off any of the options there. So B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, the code best hour will get you 10% off in the sugar wad marketplace. Check it out on your eating Roz's three challenges and she's seen tremendous results. And trust me, if you're working with Roz, I'm going to hear about it. She'll ask me for some feedback as well. So you really get two coaches for the price of one. Check it out. Use the code best hour for 10% off. Welcome back to another episode of best hour of their day. I have something very special planned for you over the coming weeks. 
I'm sure you're aware, but I wrote a book, no big deal, called Best Hour of Their Day. Maybe you've read it. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you're going to order it. It's available on Amazon as well as my own personal website, thejasonackerman.com, and the Best Hour of Their Day website as well. But after writing the book, I thought, how cool would it be to have an audiobook as well? So that's what we did. We now have an audio version of Best Hour of Their Day, and it's available on audible.com. I'll put the links on where to order the paperback, where to order the ebook, and of course, where to order the audiobook. But I decided to do something special when recorded the audiobook. I decided to take a deeper dive into each chapter. So if you've read the book, there's 30 chapters. And in each one of those chapters, I provide a story, a true story from my ownership of three affiliates, from my time on the seminar staff, from my time judging the CrossFit Games, and from my time running the regionals in the Northeast. And I took a deeper dive into each chapter. I was interviewed. And in those chapters, we go further along into more stories, more lessons. And of course, if you're listening, more advice. Nothing I did came without tons and tons of failure. Because of that failure, I really believe that's why ultimately I became successful. And I think it's important for all of you to hear that. So each chapter has another 30, 45, 60 minute discussion on what went down during that time in my life. So if you're interested in that, I highly recommend you check it out. But what I'm going to do, because I love giving back to this community, is once a week, put one of those discussions here on the podcast, best hour of their day. So you can listen to it absolutely free. If you love it, do me a favor, go check out the audiobook. maybe give it a download. If you don't like it, just listen to it and move on. And you can also, of course, always leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. That really helps when you leave us a five-star glowing review about this podcast. Of course, if you have questions for me about the book, if you have questions for me about box ownership, if you have questions for me about anything in life, I'll do my best to answer them. You can email me directly, day at gmail.com. But I really hope you enjoy it. I was interviewed by James McDermott, a former coach of mine, longtime friend now, and it really was a interesting, fascinating, and really humbling experience to go back and look at all these chapters and look at all these stories. I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here you go, the next chapter of Best Hour of Their Day. Two. Okay, Jay, we're talking about chapter four, the rule is the rule. Now, right away in this chapter, you talked about you know, how awesome owning a business is, you know, because you can make your own schedule and you have all kinds of freedom. But then you go into the pitfalls of having that freedom. You know, you're, uh, you're a dog off a leash, you're trying, to <laughs> catch a, trying to catch a car. Like the Joker says in The Dark Knight, I wouldn't know what to do if I call it, caught it. So uh, what, are, what are some stories from that time where you were just free reign, fully free Jason Ackerman, new business owner that aren't in the book that maybe are even a little embarrassing to talk about, <laughs> but we can learn from them. I'll let you come up with a few that I probably don't want to talk about, but oh, I I've think- got, I've got one, but I don't think it's <laughs> good to talk about it. So, okay. So the, you know, the thing about the rule is the rule is people go into this entrepreneurial ship and it's for all these pros of make your own schedule, no limit to how much you can earn, 
you know, no boss. And then very quickly you realize those same pros are also the cons. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's no boss. So no one's telling you what to do. There's no set schedule. So you can wind up working 24 hours a day. There's no limit to what you can earn, but there's also no guarantee. So that's really where a lot of it came from. But when we talk about embarrassing stories, I just think, luckily, it's, it's similar to my college experience. Luckily, it was before the period of time where social media and phones took off. You know, obviously, we opened in 2007 and people had cell phones and I got my first iPhone around that time. But it wasn't quite what it is now. And I think if people would have been posting some of the pictures and videos. I mean, the early days of Albany CrossFit was the equivalent of Animal House, the movie. If you've ever seen Animal House, it's just a fraternity, right? And that's what we were. There was Bluto, you know, there was uh, Trout, right? The, there's, there, was there, were, all, there were literally toga parties. We literally had toga parties. <laughs> we, I mean, there's a, I think, pretty great picture of me doing a you know drinking from a bottle of Patron because Patron back in the day was paleo um so yeah that, that, that's really what went down and 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 I think you know I tell people this all the time the box owner creates the culture and the community and that was what I was creating and I don't regret it it was a blast like those early years of Albany CrossFit especially like 07 to 11 was just it was probably the most fun period of my life. And I look back with a lot of fond memories. What's, without giving it away, I guess it's really bad. What was the story you were gonna say? It, it was, it's um, it's bathroom related, office bathroom related um, on stocking of <laughs> toilet paper and things in there and, and texts that you would send to your employees that were maybe not the most appropriate. Or maybe you meant it as a joke, but then you don't realize that all right, the person who's receiving this text is probably going to be pretty pissed off when, when you get this. Okay, we'll, we'll leave bathroom stories out of the book. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that out. Now, let, let's, let's rewind a little bit. So before opening Albany CrossFit and embarking on your first entrepreneurial journey, you had a pretty set schedule every day. You had a bedtime, what time you had to get to work, all that stuff. Tell me about the transition from that to day one. Like how, how quickly did your schedule and your routine fall apart? Because you open up Albany CrossFit, you're not doing as many classes and things like that at the court club. How quickly did this kind of derail? It took a little bit of time because like I've said in earlier chapters, at first there was only so much you can do. I didn't have a laptop. Our website wasn't quite as robust as it became. But, you know, I go from a pretty set schedule in the sense that I was getting up at 5 a.m. most days because I taught something at 6 a.m., whether it was spin, a yoga class, a one-on-one -on -one client. So I would force myself to go to sleep. At, at the latest, I used to let my go, myself go to sleep was 11. And that was not enough sleep, don't get me wrong, but I figured, hey, at least I'm getting a solid six hours. If I go to sleep at 11, and often I would try to go to bed before that. And although I was you know, a quote-unquote entrepreneur at the time, meaning I was in charge of my own schedule and, you know, I can dictate when and where I had to be there. When I left for the night, it was pretty much done. I could punch out. I can go home and not worry about too much. Maybe making sure a client that I had scheduled for tomorrow was going to be there, that type of thing. But when, when you open the box, you realize it's truly never ending. I can 
always find more to do. And that might be uploading pictures to the website. It might be just reaching out to people to get a new client, a new member. So, you know, very, in very short order, I went from regimented sleep to just, I would literally be up till two, three in the morning, every single night. So here I was trying to be healthy and neglecting what's probably the foundation for good health other than nutrition is good sleep. Yeah. It's got, it's kind of crazy that it's, it's the people that are trying to provide the outlet for other people to get healthy and fit are often the ones that don't get to enjoy it the most or are just, you know, they, they neglect themselves because they're trying to put this product forward or this service forward. How, how long did it take you to get back on track? Well, as you'll read throughout the book, I get off track and back on track a handful of times. But, but this early one probably took me the longest in that I was just, you know, so thrown off. And so I was just headfirst into the business that I didn't even realize I was off track. The business is growing. The business is booming. So it didn't matter to me that I was tired all the time, that I wasn't training as much, that I wasn't eating right. All I was focused on was growing this gym. You don't realize there's a problem because your attention is just fully, fully ahead. You're not looking around, seeing your surroundings. Exactly. And then the girl I was dating at the time, she didn't say anything, which probably wasn't a good thing, but she just accepted it as like, and, and in some senses that was support. She was supporting me in this new venture. And eventually she helped and coached a little bit, which, which alleviated a little from my plate. But in reality, what I needed her to do was say, hey, you need to come to Bennett. 10 o'clock and get a good night's sleep and not stay up all night. But she probably knew better because she probably knew my answer would be stop telling me what to do. <laughs> do, um, did you seek out a mentor eventually to kind of help you organize everything like your own coach? Like say, all right, Jay, you need to be going to bed at this time and, and saying all these things that you weren't maybe willing to listen to from the people who you're closest to. It's always a funny thing. You know, you never, your mom never wants to listen to you about nutrition advice or fitness advice, but if she sees a commercial on TV and she's like, Oh, I just learned this new awesome thing. And you're like, I've been telling you that for years. So it's like your girlfriend at the time probably would have said, come to bed early, you need sleep and you wouldn't have listened to it. But then someone else tells you and now it's okay. Yeah. And it's the same thing I would tell somebody about coaching. Don't coach your significant other because they're not going to listen. It's going to cause fights. And then some other coach will say, Hey, you should push your knees out. And they'll say to you, why haven't you ever told me that? You know, yeah. meanwhile, you've said it dozens, if not hundreds of times. But, you know, Sasha was my mentor, especially when it came to, to the business and when it came to personal development. There was a period of time where I hired my own coach. And that was probably this period, but it didn't last very long. Like the coach, while great, didn't, I just wasn't in the right headspace to be following specific programming and to think about getting a good night's sleep. Like I said, I had blinders on and all I cared about was growing Albany CrossFit. So, so this was a coach for, um, for being an athlete, not, not a business coach. Who, who was it? Can you say Correct. That? So yeah, it was uh, uh, OPT, James Fitzgerald. Oh, okay. So the, you know, this is back in the day after he had won the CrossFit games, really taken off and he had some coaches under him as well. And, you know, so I worked with them and, you know, I say this, but it was probably three months and I probably followed four of the days. And, you know, and, and what it did do though was open my eyes to, okay, I'm paying for a coach and I'm not abiding by it. This is silly, 
but also what can I do to start to make these changes in my life to, to get on a better path for my own health and fitness. And now eventually you start to take the advice of Seth Godin. Godin? Is that how you say his name? Godin? Seth Godin. Godin. There we go. Seth Godin. Uh, now he was OG CrossFit CEO. Uh, explain a little more about him. Well, wait, wait. I believe you're talking about Seth Godin, who had nothing to do with CrossFit. He was just a, an entrepreneur himself. And if you look up Seth Godin, you'll find great. First of all, he's got one of the biggest and most well-known blogs on the internet. If you just start to type in Seth in your Google search, I believe it should get his results. And he's got some great books out there. Uh, for example, Tribe and um, Permission Marketing. So it was really a, a lot of business advice. But one thing that he said that really resonated with me was you have to set rules. And, and these rules can be really simple. For example, his rules were, I believe, no Facebook, no Twitter, no meetings, and no television. And while those sound simple, obviously for all of us, some of those would be a struggle, especially the, you know, no Facebook and no television. But what he found was, you know, for example, no meetings, it was just a hard no. He never had to think about it. And it opened up so many hours in his day. I mean, think about Albany CrossFit, how many meetings we had and how much of them were productive and how much of them were just a waste of an hour. Yeah, there's a lot of waste of time. For sure. Uh, many, many meetings come to mind, um, especially once, once we talk about the whole message model. That was my favorite meeting, but yeah. Oh, um, we'll talk about that in the future, yeah. But, but so he, the rule is the rule, and he has these solid rules, and you developed your own rules. And in the book, your rules, I'll just, I'll read them right now. Go to bed before midnight, wake up no later than 9 a.m., hit the noon class four times per week, and drink a gallon of water every day. Uh, how do these rules differ from early, Jay? Or like, like once, once you started to try to get your schedule back online? Well, I think the big takeaway was I needed some rules in my life. You know, Jocko Willing talks about discipline equals freedom. And it, it really is the same thing. I needed that discipline because too much freedom is what I had. Like I can go to bed whenever, I can wake up whenever, and, and that's not a good thing. So the discipline of, hey, you need to be in bed by a certain time and you need to wake up by a certain time actually gave me more freedom throughout the day and actually alleviated a lot of thinking. So even to this day, something that really resonates with me is, you know, you look at people like Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple or Mark Zuckerberg, and one thing you often see with them is they wear the same clothes every single day. They clearly have enough money to afford whatever you know, fancy clothing they want, but they typically wear a black t-shirt or a black turtleneck. And, and part of that is we make so many decisions every day that really, you know, if we can just eliminate one or two, and for some it's the clothes they wear, for some it's the breakfast they eat. And for me, it was the time of day I worked out or the time of day I woke up because as I started setting those, it just kept more bandwidth for the bigger, harder decisions you have to make as a business owner. You know, I tend to wear black t-shirts every day myself. <laughs> I think that's just your color preference. So. Maybe, maybe. Now tell me about the process that you went through when, when you're thinking about yourself and you're maybe reevaluating the rules you have for your own daily life. What's, what's your process? How do you evaluate and how do you set new rules or how have you set the old rules? 
I, I try to just look at big picture things and try to think about what I want to do, where I want to get to, goals I want to accomplish and figure out what will help me get there. And oftentimes it's not what will help you get there, but it's what you can eliminate to help get you there. So I would, I would be willing to bet almost anyone listening to this book right now checks their social media too much, probably watches a bit too much television and probably doesn't get enough sleep. So those are typically, you know, where my rules kind of revolve around and, and, and setting some limits there. You know, I'm a firm believer that you have to unplug every day and relax a little bit. Um, but, you know, does that look like 30 minutes of watching, you know, Netflix? Or does that look like two hours of laying on the couch, you know, flipping through the channels? Now, there, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's probably a bunch of different types of people that might have different needs. Let's play a little game here. Let's, I'll throw a, a theoretical person. And, and in your mind, based off of what you would do, maybe not, you know, what Jason Ackerman would do, get more sleep, less TV, things like that. What you think are three things, maybe rules that this particular person could set right now that would make them better, whether it be an athlete or in business. Cool. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play along and just understand most, most of the time those rules should probably be more sleep, better nutrition. Yeah. But, but let's, let's play in the sense that I'll try to give you the, the lowest barrier rule. Yeah, let's, let's try to work outside of those. And so let's say this is a, a new affiliate owner, someone just affiliated with CrossFit, and they need at least three things that they could be doing right off the bat for their rules that would make them a more successful uh, affiliate owner going forward. Okay, so rule number one I would say is take at least one day that you don't go to the box. One day a week. And right? that sounds so, very difficult right off the bat if you're someone who's brand spanking new. Owning right. So, so when I opened the third affiliate, CrossFit Soul Shine, we were closed on Sundays. And not for any religious beliefs other than I realized if we're going to survive and we're not going to burn out, we need a day away from this gym. So, you know, assuming you don't have a set schedule yet, you're brand new, I would say, Close on Sundays. Rule number one, don't be there closed, whether it's time alone, whether it's time with your loved one, whether it's just reading a book, take a full day off. Okay. That's so let's see, this is, you know, without knowing anything else about this person. Um, and again, I would try to encourage them to get a good night's sleep and I would try to encourage them to uh, eat right. But let's say they're doing that. I would say hit at least two classes per week with the community. And ideally different times. So what that's going to do is A, force you to get at least two good workouts a week. And then also it'll force you to be a part of the community and work out with them. So you're, you're accidentally getting fitter and spending more time with your community. And then let's see, lastly, ooh, third rule for this person. I'm thinking, because again, you've not given me a whole lot of information here. But I would probably. And to be fair, this person doesn't have a whole lot of information either. They're just like, hey, I was a member at the gym down the road. I want to start up my own affiliate. And I think I can be successful. And right, right off the bat, we have two solid rules, two solid things that they could do to okay. be successful. And I've got my third one, and it's going to be pay yourself. And that's just doesn't necessarily need to be a lot, but make sure 
that you're setting aside some money for yourself, you know, and there's some great books out there like Profit First is a, is a book that I recommend. And, you know, in that it's really all about, hey, making sure that some money gets set aside for yourself. And, and I would throw into that, hey, put it in a, in a bank account that you're not going to touch just so you have some savings in the future. And, you know, as a, as a small business owner, I can tell you there's, there's very rarely 401ks and retirement plans and pensions. So make sure you're putting some money away for yourself. Pay yourself, you know, every two weeks or, or monthly just to make sure you're compensating yourself. So for the new affiliate owner, gym owner, take one day off on Sundays, take two classes at a minimum per week at different times, get to know your community and also pay yourself. I, I, hey, I think I did a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, that's, that's solid right there. I, I, think those are, I think those are three things that, you know, to be honest, like the 99% of, of new box owners would not think to do. You know, I think if I was starting a new, a new box, I'd be like, all right, I gotta be open every day. Because what if people are coming to the gym? I want to get those memberships. I want to sign them up. I want to keep people happy and being able to have that time available. And, you know, it's very easy to not take classes because you're busy, swamped with work. And you can make all kinds of excuses that that post needs to be done, that video needs to be edited. So that's why you can't do that. But really, it's more valuable to hop into those classes. And then, of course, pay yourself because you have to eat too. And that's what the business should be doing. It should be making you some money. Well, I don't think that's twofold. You know, people open their own business because this does have this unlimited earning potential, but then they either are afraid to pay themselves or feel guilty for paying themselves. And, you know, if, if that's how you feel, just go get a job. Go get a job and get paid for your nine to five. But I'm not saying it has to be a lot, but even if it's only $10 every two weeks, make sure you're feeling the, the value and compensating yourself fairly. Perfect. Now the second person, this, this one might be a little easier. Three things other than, you know, the sleep and TV and stuff like that. Those are given. Uh, this is a brand new coach. Let's say this is someone who just took their level one and they're being allowed to do some coaching in the gym for the first time or shadow, whatever. This is, this is a, a, a rookie coach. Oh, good one. Can I, can rule number one be read my book? It can be, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but let's say, uh, one, a, one A is read this book, but one B I would say is watch at least one educational video or, or read something educational every day. And that could be a five minute old clip from the CrossFit journal uh, featuring Chuck Carswell on how to coach better. Or it could be uh, my, my favorite video, Simon Sinek, start with why from TED Talk. So I would say watch something educational. Yep, you got to put that time in to learn new things. And then I would probably add to that, you know, when you learn something, uh, use it too. Like if you read the new, you know, the new foam roller stretch or whatever it might be, like go to the gym and hey, can I show you this? Hey, you want to try this thing? That adds more value to your classes. and your, your Oh, training. yeah. And that's something Sasha has told both of us over the years where it's not just about learning it, but it's also you're, you're more likely to retain it if you implement it immediately. So Learn and implement. I like that. Second thing I would add to that would be create a timeline fully detailed for every class you're going to coach. And, you know, a lot of boxes out there are following programming. There's actually best hour of their day programming that we put out there that you can follow. There's other great stuff that 
creates a timeline and tells you what to do. But I would say, even with that being said, go in, write your own timeline because, hey, maybe we made a mistake or maybe the equipment needs are a little different at your box or you've decided you're going to run two heats versus one heat. So show up every day with a well-thought-out plan of what your one-hour class is going to look like. And then, I don't know if this is kind of the same in line with that rule, but it would be show up 15 minutes early and plan on staying 15 minutes late. I think that's a great solid number three right there. I think it's um, it's super easy just to roll in three minutes before the class is about to start, you know, but members are already there. They're members, there early. And that's, to me, where you make the connections with your class. Obviously, yeah. during class, coaching, high-fiving, but those 15 minutes before class when maybe someone's foam rolling or riding the assault bike to get warm or maybe just hanging out, that's when you, you know, How's your family? Tell me about your job. What are your, what do you do in your recreational time? What are your dreams, right? We talk about four, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. And you should really strive to know all four of those about every member that you coach. Yeah, and that's like, you know, you'll learn important information at that point too. Like maybe, maybe you found out before class, 15, 10 minutes early, okay, Jason's knee's hurting today you know, and hey, let's talk about it. Let's try to work on it with that new stretch you learned in your education. And then maybe think about their scaling too, instead of getting it thrown on you right in the warm up. Like, oh yeah, my knee hurts. Yeah, because if you're a new coach and you're squatting today and someone tells you their knee hurts, you're probably not well equipped enough to think about what am I going to have them do if they can't squat or what will they do instead of running? And, you know, that goes back to, hey, if you have a timeline, You've hopefully thought about this and some scaling options within that timeline. But yeah, like you said, during those 15 minutes, you're going to find those things out prematurely in a good way. And then in the 15 minutes after class, that's when you make some connections as well. I mean, that's when you talk about, you know, that's really where what we've talked about in previous chapters, where those relationships are, are forged, right? Stacy and Jean, for example, two of our members that got married, go on the Albany CrossFit YouTube channel. And there's like, a, I remember making a five-part series about a little competition that I threw between the two of them, only them. I don't remember if it was before or after class, but it was just them. And it was, I knew that Gene was, you know, in, in, into Stacy, and it wasn't necessarily reciprocated at the time. So I was trying to, you know, play matchmaker, but it was before and after class where all that happened. And now, you know, all these years later, kids later, pretty cool to see but go yeah go go on the albany crossfit youtube and probably search gene with a g and stacy and i think you'll find it that's that's funny that that they're they have they're married and have kids now because of the little challenge that that you threw for them you have you ever thought of have you ever seen um that show million Mad millionaire matchmaker oh uh, yeah of course yes you should make your own uh crossfit matchmaker where you get like games athletes coming to you who are bad at dating <laughs> you well, and things like if that. Any, if anybody goes back and watches those videos, you're going to very quickly see how good of a matchmaker I am because there's no reason to believe Gene could be dating Stacy. But uh, <laughs> and if Gene's listening, no offense, was, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Gene is listening, he knows it's true. But I mean, <laughs> you know, Stacy's very attractive, and Gene you know, was a little overweight at the time. He lost quite a bit of weight doing CrossFit, but yeah, now, you know, 15 years later, nearly, they're, um, they're still together. 
That, that's awesome. So for the, the brand new rookie coach, we've got one A, read this book and <laughs> listen to all of these, these audio clips. One uh, uh, B, learn and implement something new every day in regards to coaching and anatomy, physiology, all, all, all things exercise. Uh, number two, plan a timeline for every class that you coach. And then number three, uh, arrive 15 minutes early and stay after 15 minutes after every class, if you can, if you're not coaching back-to-back classes. And, and actually do something in that time, like talk, talk to members, learn about them. Yeah, I mean, as a box owner, if I had you, that person as a coach, they would, they would stand out to me. Yeah, 100%. Next, next person. Oh, another so, one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, this is the last one. This one might be the hardest one, or maybe, maybe not. So this doesn't have really anything to do with being an affiliate owner or a coach per se. But let's say you have someone who is in a troubled relationship, and they're looking to possibly fix the relationship. We'll say, uh, what are three rules that this person and this this could be a coach working at an affiliate who has a troubled relationship with you know with with the gym or maybe an affiliate owner that has a troubled relationship with their coaching staff or members, or it could just be just two, two lovers who have gone awry <laughs> in their time together. Uh, what would you, what were three rules that someone can set if they're looking to fix a troubled relationship? Okay. So there's a couple of criteria we have to make. Cause I w- originally I was going to say, you know, set aside time for the relationship, you know, yeah. and that most likely looks like a date night. Right. And you know, yeah. but, but I would say the same thing, really, if it was a coaching staff. If I were the box owner and you were my coach and we just weren't seeing eye to eye, I would say, hey, find an hour where you and James can go grab a coffee together, where you and James can go just take a walk, you know, around uh, Colony Park. What's the park called right by the gym? Oh, the crossings. The crossings, yeah. Right, you know, so go do that. Basically, spend spend time with that person. Let's Let's assume it's a significant other it's a relationship date night and that might mean you know movies that might mean dinner that might mean you cook for them but but show them that you're willing to put some time in because you know half the battle i think in relationships is just the other person feeling needed and appreciated so i would say that here's one here's a cool one that i would throw in there and again this is all on the fly i would encourage anyone listening to read a book called the five love languages and, and that really, you know, goes along with the values and the why, you know, early in the book, I talk about Dean and we've talked about him a little bit, but Dean, as you remember, James was probably the most uh, spiritual of the head coaches. Yeah, I would say so. And he and I would butt heads in the sense that you, you know, we used to have a ton of get togethers, community events, parties at the gym most of the time they were Saturday nights or Sundays, you know, on the weekend and Dean wouldn't show up to them. And, and it's not that he just would blow them off. He would probably tell me he wasn't coming, but I didn't get it. And I remember sitting in that upstairs office at, at the gym and talking to Dean and finally wrapping my head around the fact that the dude was really religious, like Sundays and church and all that family stuff was really important to him. And that was his value. But love languages are similar right so there's five love languages and and really we all have we all have all of them but but more typically one or two of them stand out and when you understand your partner's love language it really helps you 
figure things out. Because for example, I'll give you Roz and myself. Um, Roz's love language is, oh, how do I, I forget the term of it, but it's basically helping, like helping her around the house, helping her with, with projects. I forget the, the name of that specific love language, but mine is physical touch, right? As most guys are. And that doesn't necessarily mean we need to, you know, have sex every night. It just means, hey, when you walk by me and you put your hand on my shoulder or when you give me a pat on the butt or even a high five, you're speaking my love language. Where if I do that to Roz, she's like, get the hell away from me. Like, what are you doing? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. We're not going to go have sex right now. Like, I have work to do. But if I'm like, hey, I'm going to do the dishes in the sink, she's very happy. So, so I would say like, you have to understand that about your significant other. So we've got, what are the two rules we have so far? Read so, the book, date night, or spending time together. And then, yep. and then the last one I would say, which would be, this, okay, I, I have a rule, but I'm going to think of how I would express it. I would say the rule should be something along the lines of take a deep breath before you react. Just pause for a moment. You know, be it you're going to yell, be it you're frustrated, just take a deep breath, try to, you know, understand where this person is coming from, which we talk about in the later chapter, but also just slow yourself down. I, I like that one. I can remember again, many times that the early days of an CrossFit where that would have been a nice rule to have. <laughs> <laughs> in, oh, in and by the way, meeting. by the way, the, the, the love language that I was referring to for Roz was acts of service. Acts of service. So we've got three rules for someone looking to fix a troubled relationship. And really, I think, you know, like you said, you can apply these to business coaching or your significant other. Uh, set time aside for that person, whether it be a date night or just a meeting, you know, uh, let them know if they're needed and appreciated. Uh, number two, the five love languages book by Gary Chapman. I looked it up real yeah. quick. Yeah. And, or, you know, and, or at least understanding their values, but uh, but it's an easy read. I, I've listened to it multiple times. So if, you, if you're a fan of audiobooks like this one, uh, you can probably find it on Audible and I'd highly recommend it. There we go. And then the final one, pause for a moment before you speak. And, think think and, before you speak. And I think you should do that in general. Do, can you think of anything, James? James, by the way, is the best at this and the worst at this because James is like, He's the kind of guy that knows your deepest, darkest secret, and I would trust him with it, but also I know that he knows. That's all that there is. It's not that I'm ever worried, like, he's going to, you know, do anything with it, but it's like, just the fact that he knows is a, is a little scary. Well, I mean, that's the next tell-all book coming out next year, and we'll do the audio, <laughs> audio for that. <laughs> I'll interview you for that one. No, it's just, I, I just remember, like, many and many a time where you know like there'd be a meeting um you'd come in a little late which we talked about <laughs> in the last the last uh, chapter you know all the dogs are coming in and we start talking about an event or this or that and someone has an idea and then that idea would get like just cut down in a in like a day a day ruining way you know where someone's obviously going to be upset about it instead of you know maybe appreciating the fact that like okay before this meeting we all thought about it we took the time to, to to work on this project okay fall face off is coming up so we all 
took notes, you know, and as opposed to getting our notes shot down right away, you know, maybe taking, well, okay, they're working for me. They're, they care about the event. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put it down a, a different way. Here's why we can't do this. You know, this reminds me of, as you say that, I'm a big fan of the Howard Stern show. And it, it's just, it reminds me of that. It's really the schoolboy frat boy mentality where it's like, there's one ringleader, you know, in this case, it was pretty much me, but in, in Howard Stern's case, it's him. And he's just got full reign. Like, I can say whatever I want. I can make fun of whatever I want, but don't turn it around on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. And, and then I'm also thinking, as you're saying that, would I have changed anything? And the answer is probably not. You know, do I look back and think what could have been? Like, could Albany CrossFit have been even bigger and better? Maybe. Or I started listening to too many people and it, it you know, falls apart. So I think it works both ways. But I'm glad that at least all these years later, you and Kevin and Dean you know, and, and most of the other coaches I can look back on, I talk to them, I call them. So despite my behavior at times, we still have a, a healthy, friendly relationship. Well, we, we had each other for support behind the scenes. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, it, it's kind of like a family, right? Like, you and I can butt heads and scream, but if anybody else did it, I felt like at least everyone knew I always had their back. Yeah, I, that's one thing that, that I would say, you know we would fight in private in the office and things like that, but you would never know that out on the wad floor and in the hallway. And then if other people, you know, if someone came out against Kevin or Caleb or attacked Murph, you know, you, you were the first one to be like, no, 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 that's incorrect. Like you don't realize it. Like that guy's here cleaning the floors on his hands and knees when you leave, you know, and, and you're not cleaning up your equipment and you're, you know, you got it all wrong. Right. Like I can make fun of Murph, but you can't. He's my Murph. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, you know, and that's, that was, again, that kind of goes back to that frat boy mentality where it's like same in the fraternity in college or in any click where it's like, we have our click, we can say whatever we want, but that doesn't mean you can. It makes me wonder if, if there are other affiliates that were, were like that or are like that. It almost seems like, like, like that was like a, an isolated thing, you know, the, the team we had, the way we worked together and just the dynamic, like, I find it really hard to think that that would work now um, or if it would work somewhere else. Yeah. I don't think it would work so much now, but I don't think it was unique. You know, I've been to a lot of boxes and, and one that comes to mind is Reebok CrossFit one, you know, Austin Maliolo, good friend of mine. And, and he's like the ringleader there. And I've been behind the scenes, you know, they, they yell, he's clearly the boss. His opinion is really what typically matters the most, but he's also got the back of all of his coaches. He takes great care of them. And they clearly, you know, if you go on his Instagram or, or any of them, they're always having parties and they're always doing team building events, just like we did. But, but there's definitely a little, like any good family, just a little bit of dysfunction involved. Yeah. A little bit of dysfunction. I think too, you know, thinking back to some of the shouting matches and things like that, it's like, uh, we all really care. You know, like we are all like really invested in what's going on and we, we want to see it done the right way. So, of course, we're going to be passionate about things, you know, and I, I can think of a couple other examples on when you left and there would be kind of similar arguments like that. And it's like I'm not trying to be mean with you right now, I, but I'm really passionate about the topic we're talking about. You know, so if I'm if it sounds like I'm shouting, if it sounds like I'm, I'm moving my hands around and things like that, it's just because 
I'm really into this conversation and you've got my blood going and we're, this is just what's happening right now. Do you remember the worst fight there? Uh, well, the worst fight had to have been the, the tie, the tie incident. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the worst one, which we can talk about that when we get to that chapter. But that, that had to have been the worst one that I think I was a part of. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, with the appropriate yeah. chapter. That'll be yeah. um, argue Teaser. like you're right, listen like you're wrong in the future. But um, I don't really remember ever fighting too much with you. No, um, I think I think uh, the only one that really sticks out into my head was uh, um, remember Sarah Io or y- y- Yakibaki. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember Sarah. Yeah. Well, not, well uh, I remember once she, uh, I was working behind the store, and she wanted to. Uh, she was asking me if she should buy a pair of wrist wraps, and I'm like, "Oh well, no, I don't think you really need these. You know, like what you need to do is is work on your wrist flexibility and things like that." That was just like what came to my head because I, I wasn't. To be fair, I wasn't a salesman. I, I was an exercise science uh, a student. And I wasn't taught how to be a salesman, <laughs> but but I remember you uh, yelling at me pretty bad that I didn't sell um, those wrist wraps. Well, okay, so this is 10 years later. I understand where I was coming from as a business owner, but I also can respect where you were coming from as someone, I, you know, looking back, here's what I would say. I put you in a position that I shouldn't have put you in, right? You're a coach. You were doing a good job as a coach, when in that moment I wanted you to change hats and be a salesperson. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good lesson for, for anyone listening is that, you know, make sure a people understand their roles and their expectations. That wasn't, that was a poor leadership on my end where I probably never made that clear to you. And if we probably shouldn't have been selling wrist wraps and nanos and all that stuff anyway. Yeah. Which we, we sold it all. And and looking back, I like I understand why you're upset, and and it's like if you think about it, it's like like it, that's it, like you are the business, like it's tied tied to you. Like you you had to buy those wrist wraps, so you obviously want to sell those wrist wraps. Right, and you know, and things people don't think about. It's like you were getting paid, so it's like that. Say ten dollars we would have made on wrist wraps, is is potentially how you get a paycheck. Yeah. Right, and then. And then you look at it where it's like, well, if you were commissioned and you were going to get 20% of that sale, would that have changed how you looked at that? Yeah, it, pro- it probably would. I think it would change anyone's perspective of it, you know. But ultimately, you know, again, years later, having written this book, I can tell you that was probably my fault. I apologize, James, for, for any yelling I did in that moment. But more importantly, well, for this, what's that? This changes everything now. <laughs> <laughs> all I care about is that tell-all book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm crossing you off the, the mirror <laughs> like and lipstick. Billy Madison. Yeah, so. Billy Madison. Yep. Uh-huh. Boy, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I wrote this book and asked James to interview me for every chapter. Uh. So I'll apologize once a chapter. Um, <laughs> there we go. But I think, unless you had any other questions, the way we can wrap this up is by giving a little homework but were there other questions uh no i was just going to say it's it's interesting how at the beginning of the chapter you mentioned in 2007 freedom was doing anything you wanted and now these days it's structure and not doing anything that you want that gives you freedom 
And I think that's the really important message of this chapter. So I just wanted to make sure that just we drew attention to it. Yeah, and, and going along with that, here's the homework I would say. Ideally, four rules, but let's start with one. You know, if you're listening at this point, think of one rule that you can implement that would have the greatest impact on your daily life. And, you know, and don't, don't be afraid to use the sleep or nutrition, but, but make it reasonable. And if you're going to set your rule, you know, this is the problem. You're, you're setting it and you're the only one that cares if you're hitting it. So maybe it's tell a friend, maybe it's get a buddy to do it with you. But for most people, it probably looks like, hey, unplug a little bit early, get a good night's sleep, get up at a, you know, they, the whole thing about Jocko and getting up at 4.30 isn't that he's getting up at 4.30 two and a half hours ahead of you or mo most people. It's that in order to get up at 4.30, you have to be getting to bed at 8 o'clock, right? So his next day is really starting at night, and he's, his rule is setting him up for success. So I would say set, set a rule and make sure you're going to abide by it. And then ultimately, like that coach, read this book. Yeah. And I, I like how you said that with, um, you, you're the only one that's going to care if, if you hit it. That's kind of like that. Um, what, what's the, the saying with the box? No, no one, no one loves your gym or cares about your gym as much as you do. If you're the only, yeah, exactly. So you exactly. have to, kinda, you're, you're your own, your own personal business. Yeah. So like and that. it's, and it's also like they say about a coach, like the person that coaches himself has a bad coach, right? Yeah. So it's the same, it's the same principle here, but you got to set some rules, but you know, whether it's you tell a friend or post on social media that you're going to do it, ultimately it comes down to you. I'd say, write it down, make sure you're going to hit it. And I think it'll ultimately help you make a lot of forward momentum and, and multiple avenues from setting one simple rule. So set that rule and post it publicly to social media and tag best hour of your day and Jay and me. I, I'll I like it. Yeah. Tag us all. And, and, and most importantly, just abide by it and let us know how it's going. Awesome. All right. Well, later, Jay. Thanks again for listening to that special episode of Best Hour of Their Day. If you enjoyed, go ahead and download the book. You can check out the audio book. You can check out the paperback or even the ebook. We placed the link right in the show description. So once again, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.